You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Good morning. Today's going to be a great podcast. I have Abby Romano with me here today. She founded the company Raising the Bar, a zero-proof cocktail business. Perfect, because I don't drink. So that, that's all fantastic. So Abby, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We're going to get into your business, but I always like to kind of start with why an entrepreneur? What makes you want to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely. So, I mean, from kindergarten, I can remember selling friendship bracelets on the playground. I've always had the kind of interest in connecting with others and providing a service. Uh, but it really wasn't until the idea for raising the bar came to me that I even considered doing this professionally. I was working in corporate jobs for a very long time, and it was um, this idea for a non-alcoholic cocktail company that really, you know, led me to take the leap. And what's the, okay, this is great, because I'm like the last, out, like, I don't, I, I had, in middle school, I drank Booms Farm one time, Ooh, got a that's massive. That's a bad way to start. <laughs> that's what everybody tells me. They go, Sean, if you wouldn't have started that way, you might be drinking to this day. <laughs> but drank one time, had the worst hangover ever. Everybody said, oh, you'll learn to love it. It never made sense to me. I was kind of like, well, when I drank a chocolate milkshake, nobody had to convince me I'd want to drink another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So, so I never drank, I, I ne never, never drank after that. But how do you like cocktails? So, which is obviously your concept. You can create all these amazing, you know, because everybody, the drinks always look good at the bar. You know, that's right. I'm, I'm at the nice pool and everybody's at the bar drinking these really fancy things. So you can create the same flavor without the alcohol. That's right. So there's a whole world of new alcohol-free spirits, mixers, syrups, bitters, where the kind of complexity and sophistication of some of these traditional cocktails can be recreated or even reimagined. And to your point, um, the kind of beauty of a well-crafted drink with a nice garnish, that's something that anybody can enjoy, alcohol or not. Yeah, because they always look great. You know, it's kind of like the pink lemonade somewhere, and then you got this, and then you got all these things spinning around the glass, and, and then I'm sitting over there with my ice cold water. Yeah, you don't you don't have to have the water. You can have something more elevated and exciting if you want. Okay, why this business? That's what I'm curious about. Yes, so it'll be five years ago, um, upcoming December, that I had my last drink. I was a social drinker since my teenage years, and over the years, I really constantly was questioning my relationship with alcohol um, in a world that says, you know, either you can drink normally or you have to go to AA. I found myself somewhere in the middle and felt like, well, if I'm not in AA, I should be able to kind of moderate. And over time, um, as you know, I grew up a little bit, had kids, I realized I just didn't want to deal with the negative side effects of alcohol anymore and that it wasn't serving my life. But I was always the one mixing up drinks, hosting people, throwing cocktail parties, and I knew that I was going to feel, you know, the fear of missing out if I didn't have something special in hand or something celebratory. So on the way to a New Year's Eve party, I was talking to my husband, feeling kind of sorry for myself, you know, cheersing with apple cider is not the same as a glass of champagne. And I was thinking, you know, there must be something where I could still enjoy the creativity, the delicious flavors, and the celebratory ritual of a drink without the alcohol in it. So I Googled and found there was no kind of cocktail kit that served the non-alcoholic crowd. And we figured, why why don't we start it? Uh, there's, you know, I, I can't be the only one. So we toyed with the idea for about two years. And ultimately, it was um, being in lockdown during the pandemic at home, where I finally felt like I had the time to kind of give this 
business ideas, some time and attention, and um, we launched in September 2020. That is so cool. I mean, this is an incredible pro product, obviously. I mean, it's it's been featured in Oprah Daily, the Today Show, GQ, et cetera, et cetera, the Boston Globe. So it, it's working. It's working very well. <laughs> yes. So tell me this. What is the one problem that you never saw coming? I always say in the first two years, you have your business plan, which I wrote a business plan book. And, you know, that and a dollar will get you a dollar because there's always something that you never saw coming. For sure. I think for us, one of the biggest challenges has been um, we have bootstrapped the business from the beginning. And I think forecasting was something that I just never anticipated um, how challenging it would be. So our, you know, we had our first holiday season three months into the business. So we were very small at that point. Uh, but then the next holiday season, we had a feature on the Today Show. And at the time we had about 200 subscribers. And then after the Today Show and the other kind of natural holiday traffic, we went from 200 to 600 very quickly. And that doesn't sound like big numbers or big issues, but in that first year, it was like, how can we get our hands on more product to be able to fulfill this demand? Um, so over time, as we've gotten a better handle on, you know, seasonality and understanding how that works, and now that we're investing more in digital marketing, understanding what we put in will yield this, um, we have addressed some of those challenges. But I think, you know, we just had no idea whether it would be something viable or not. So it felt like a runaway train at some points in a, in a good way. Yeah, I was going to say that it's the greatest problem to <laughs> have to solve. Because That's I right. say the opposite of that is crickets. Whenever a customer says, well, well, nobody's reaching out. I go, well, you have a bad idea. They get their feelings <laughs> hurt. I said, no, no, I can fix a lot of things. But that's the one thing I can't fix. I can't fix nobody's interested. That's right. That's right. And I think the great thing about this, this idea was the timing was right. The non-alcoholic industry is really booming in general. And I think that was fueled a little bit by the pandemic and people being at home and struggling with loneliness or isolation or anxiety and stress. And a lot of people were looking to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol. And that might not mean cutting it out completely. We have a lot of you know, mindful drinkers or moderate drinkers or people who do sober Octobers or dry Januaries. So I think it was a good idea, but it was also really good timing. Yeah, I, I just, I'm too of a, too much of a control freak. I can't, I, what I've, the biggest problem I've always had with alcohol, uh, growing up in the type of family that I grew up in, alcohol was an excuse to say something you shouldn't say mm -hmm. and do something you shouldn't do. Like I would see the biggest fights at New Year's, you know, between like two family members and it was alcohol prompted the stupidity, the, <laughs> the, the brashness, the lack of, you, you, you'd see it escalating. Right. And, and you're supposed to be having a good time and that's right. kind of the opposite of it. So that's what I think is really important about these drinks is for those who don't drink for, for whatever the reason, you feel left out. Like you said, when you have a water in hand and the other people are holding these beautiful drinks with beautiful garnishes. And a drink, sharing a drink with somebody is a ritual. It's an opportunity to connect. It's an opportunity to celebrate. And that should be able to happen without the drama, and the fights and the brawls and, and saying things that you have to apologize for later. So yeah. um, I have loved, you know, getting to build this, but also for myself, getting to, you know, hold these really nice drinks and feel included again. Yeah, the best I would do is do, you know, the ginger ale with ice. The ginger ale is <laughs> kind of neutral enough where they don't really know what you have. 
That's right. That's right. And some people, to your point, may not want to talk about the fact that they don't have a drink in hand. So I remember for years at corporate events holding a glass of club soda with a lime. Maybe it's a gin and tonic. Exactly. You know, it's kind of the answer. illusion. Yeah, it's enough to where nobody's going to ask. Nobody, by the way, what drink is that you're having? Well, it's That's actually right. a diet ginger ale. That's right. And now I feel like the great thing is people are talking about it more openly. It's not like this embarrassing thing to be ashamed of. Um, people are more accepting that this is a change that's taking place. And I think the more people who openly talk about it, that their choice not to drink, um, the more empowered others feel to reevaluate their own relationships with alcohol. Okay, now, now, what's the one thing you wish you would have known when you first got started, maybe, that you know now? Like that. So I think, you know, we had this idea again, like right when I got sober. So that was five years ago and it took us two years to really begin. And I, I have some perfectionist tendencies. So in my mind, I was like, you know, unless I do this thing exactly how I'd like to do it, which my life didn't give me the opportunity to do it, it was too busy. I, I just kept making excuses for reasons not to start. Um, so I would say I wish I'd known you got to start somewhere. It's going to be messy. You're going to do a lot of learning along the way. But done is better than perfect. And starting with a minimum viable product is better than, you know, waiting for everything to line up just exactly as you want it to. That is a great quote. I've heard it worded a million different ways, but done is better than perfect. Done yes. is better than perfect. <laughs> yeah, because there is no perfect. There is <laughs> no perfect. No matter what you think, there I always say there's going to be a pivot you never saw coming. That's right. Uh, you're going to need something you never thought you're going to need. It's going to be harder than you ever thought it, it was. And if you knew how hard it would be, you would have never even started it. That's what 100%. I would say. <laughs> I, I like if, if somebody would, I, I talk about like superpowers I don't ever want. This <laughs> To see the future is the one mm -hmm. I would never want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, we get the strength to do it. And, and through all the challenges that life's offered, you can take that That's in any right. direction you want. And even as an entrepreneur, had I known it would be this, this, I would have been like, no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely. You're, I totally hear that. It's tough. So now, okay, let's say you went back to a college function, you know, high school function, whatever the case may be. And a young entrepreneur asked you, what's the best piece of advice you could give them? Great question. I think, again, on this kind of perfectionist tendency, I didn't want to start building an email list or recruiting a social following or any of those things until I had everything perfectly lined up. And now I'm realizing people like to see the journey. People want to be along the ride with you and starting your email list, building those, you know, potential customers, showing people, you know, what's coming, teasing out the idea, that all builds momentum and excitement. And so I really wish that, you know, when we first knew we were going to launch, we didn't wait to have all those things in place. Um, again, it's back to the done is better than perfect, showing people the journey along the way. Then I would have had an email list to, to launch with instead of, you know, waiting to have the website and then maybe like, hey, guys, come visit me here. Uh, so, you know, that was a lesson learned. Um, and I see other new businesses, you know, doing it differently and showing little sneak peeks. And, and I, as the, the person along for the ride, love seeing that. So just knowing that it, it's it's not just about the, the final product, it's about the journey and people are interested and will follow you. Yeah. And the thing I tell people is this is what I've learned. Customers want to cheer for you. They want yeah. the story. They yes. love the little startup. And when I remember them, when and look, yes. we just added this, like you become a team that they follow. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the story piece is so important. And 
um, that beginning of the story is just as important as you know where we are now. Yeah, they're again customers are cheering for you. They're they're looking for a team that they that they can join. Well, tell me this, Abby. How can this audience connect with you know all that you got going on? I know you guys got subscriptions, so people that uh, you know are looking for a non-alcoholic solution. Here's your chance. Yes, so we do um, offer subscriptions at weareraisingthebar.com, but we also have a lot of holiday gifts and merch and other things there. And then you can follow us on Instagram at weareraisingthebar. Perfect. Audience, we'll have all that in the show notes. You learned a lot today. The big thing you got is done is better than perfect. Okay, that, that, that right there, that, that's you need to get that. that that's so good. <laughs> The podcast is brought to you by Gig Strategic. I tell you every time, the best digital marketing company because you actually work with someone who will review your account monthly, tell you what you need to change, what you need to do, what your competitor's doing, instead of just getting that email that tells you you're ranked 17th in your heading. No idea how to fix it, but then there's always a big amount you can spend to move up, but you know it's nonsense. And they do turnkey. They handle everything. They work with my companies, and they've been amazing. So that's gigstrategic.com. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Podcast was number one entrepreneurship podcast, number four business podcast, number 59 of all podcasts, every heading, everywhere, um, because I think we get to the point and you learn something quick. Again, thank you for listening and we will talk soon.